7.15am. Andy and the kids tell jokes at breakfast. Knock, knock. Who's there? You. You who? No. You who? Are you there? <laughs> That's a good one. Knock, knock. P. P. It's a dead skunk at the door. Oh, You're come on. You're on your wrong face. That made... That was a good one. It was. It did make me laugh. I know it didn't. No, make you... your glasses are supposed to be on your arm. I, I know it didn't make you laugh. <laughs> a, but... a skunk at the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right now I'm getting, now knock, I'm knock. now I'm getting the patented Sierra knock, fake laugh. Knock knock. Knock knock. Who's there? Poop. Poop who? I'm pooping in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> good one. Knock knock. knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo hoo. Boo hoo, why are you crying? Knock knock. Oh, come on. That actually made sense. It wasn't just one of your normal jingle jangle of words. Knock knock. Who's there? Poo. Poo hoo. Boo hoo, poo. <laughs> good, good one, knock, Blazy. Knock. Who's knock. there? Boo. Boo hoo. Look at the baby sucking on the toy here. You've just done that twice. You, you, this is more character work rather than uh, a knock-knock joke. Get it? Because they're not down on the... Who's there? Lips. Lips who? Lipstick. Knock-knock. <laughs> <laughs> Who's there? Is it, is it there? <laughs> is it there who? Is the sausage... There. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Cell phone. Cell phone who? You are a hairy cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? The interrupting cow. The interrupting cow. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Ah, uh, what is here? <laughs> what is here? What is here who? Is what is that? <laughs> Silly. So another thing. Mm, who's there? Tooth. Tooth who? My dentist is a tooth. Knock knock. Who's there? Fart. Fart who? Oh, that was a stinking fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, that was a stinking fart. Knock knock. Netanyahu. Netanyahu. The Israeli Prime Minister. <laughs> Please, Arabs, get out of Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> that is the fakest laugh. And I get a fake cough from you. <laughs> that is so patronizing. Not <laughs> not. Who's there? Bottle. Bottle who? Bottle of wine for sale. <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? The silly goat. The silly goat too. <laughs> 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 
Welcome to my show. <laughs> Hope you're having a great week. Biggest mailbox I've received so far. Nine emails since the last show. Nine! Uh, got a couple of more on the Syria show. Because since then, President Bone Spurs has stabbed our Kurdish allies in the back. If you want to keep up uh, with the Syria situation, a couple of the shows I reviewed in that episode are following up and commenting on the situation uh, most notably Anna and Shireen on the Ethnically Ambiguous podcast and also the Mother Jones podcast which uh, did a show uh, on October the 16th called uh, Trump's Reckless Gift to ISIS I'll put links to those shows in the transcript I also got some really nice feedback from a couple of the Tom Waits uh, shows that I reviewed last time out uh, Bill from Confetti got in touch and said they loved it and they've invited me as a guest on their show, to which I am truly honoured. It's my first invitation. Well, um, the coroner from episode four uh, wanted me on his show too, but uh, in more of a professional capacity as a subject for his uh, death investigation, to which I naturally declined. So yeah, with confetti in our hair. I am truly time-crushed at the moment, but I'm very excited to do it. And I think we're going to work something out for the new year. Pod hosts uh, guesting on other pods is a very podcasty thing to do. And uh, I'm excited to join the party. What else? Oh yeah, the guy from the Scene by Scene podcast was less happy with my review last week. He responded by calling my show Andy's Stupid, Stupid, Stupid Fest or something. And uh, he even grabbed my logo and messed with it. Which is kind of funny, I suppose. He maintains that Ron Perlman is just Tom Waits' alter ego when he's on steroids. I know, he's probably just a troll, and I probably shouldn't feed the troll. But uh, I guess I've got to be ready for some shit back if I dish it out. At least I'm not like most critics, not really working in the medium they judge and heckling from the darkness in the halo of their own perceived superiority. At least I'm working in the form, experimenting, trying to entertain and add... Oh, are you recording? Yeah. Sorry, but did you see the email from my mom? No. She says the shower gel has been recalled. Uh, not the yes. lemon, lemon assimilation. assimilation. <sighs> I've only just got the bloody thing to stay up on the wall. Can you take a look at it? Of course I will. Thank you. No problem. There's always something. Okay, what else was there? Um... Not seen Hedge this week. In fact, over a week. When was it? Um, we were at Caldi's Social House, which is uh, one of our favourite hangouts in downtown Silver Spring. There was a, a little group of us, and uh, we took a closer look at his tattoo on his shoulder. Um, the Death Star, uh, his original David Tatooine creation. And uh, I used the Magnifier app on my phone. And we got a, a really good up-close view of it. And it was, oh man, it was so funny. 
So funny, isn't it? But it turns out the Death Star on his shoulder is made up of lots of small black cocks. <laughs> I was laughing. I was laughing so much. I was pounding the table with tears streaming down my face. And uh, yeah, yeah, he kind of uh, he kind of stormed out, <laughs> and I've not seen him since. And he won't pick up uh, when I've called him a few times. And he hasn't even hassled me to work more shoes into the show for the council. I don't know. I'm I'm sure he'll come round. Okay, what else was there? Oh yeah, other male, other male. Um, when am I going to get to the other million podcasts that are basically famish people talking to their famish friends about their boring famish lives? You know the ones. There are a lot of them. Some of them are like eavesdropping on the lamest first dates ever. So I don't know. I'll I'll get to them someday. Um, ditto the million or so true crime shows about unsolved murders everywhere, literally everywhere. I will get to them eventually. And that also goes for your show, Mr. Why Haven't You Reviewed My Show Yet? I will review your show because I'm going to review every show in existence. But if I give you a five-minute listen... And it's clear from the outset that I've done more work thinking about and writing and producing this one episode than you've bothered to do in your whole 50-episode, 300-hour series, then you should probably wait your turn and not badger me. So on with today, in which I'm reviewing the history of stand-up. I cannot go back to your frown land. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Santa drone. Ho, 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 kids. Remember to turn off your phones at bedtime if you want some presents this Amazon gifting day. And no Googling boobs, Jimmy. You don't want Santa drone to drop off what he does on those Naughty Middle Eastern kids. (laughs) 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 On Delta Tonight. For years, the monument to Emmett Till has been target practice for white fraternities from Ole Miss. But not any longer, as the new monument is bulletproof. But is it axe-proof, acid-proof, or able to resist the impact of a dump truck? Join us at 10 to find out. It's... Review. Time. The History of Stand-Up is a podcast from Wayne Featherman and Andrew Stephen and the Podglomerate Production House. And yes, as a lover of comedy and sometime practitioner of all the bits, yes, this is definitely my jam. But I would say first and foremost that you do not have to be a lover of stand-up 
or a deep-diving comedy geek to enjoy the show. Don't let the history in the title put you off. There are two seasons out, uh, six episodes a season and a few choice bonus episodes available, so about 15 or so episodes in total, amounting to 20 hours or so of listening pleasure. And it's a very good ride and very bingeable. The first season is a straight-up chronological history of stand-up, from vaudeville to comedy records and uh, the TV shows that popularised the form through to the first comedy boom, into the alt-comedy scene, and then ending up with the current comedy boom centering around YouTube and the Netflix cash injection. The second season focuses on individual stand-up clubs or established spots like the Oscars and the histories behind them. So there's episodes on the rise and fall of places like San Francisco's Holy City Zoo and the Playboy Clubs. My listening routine lately has been plugging into shows early in the morning at the gym. I hit uh, the elliptical, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the elliptical. I'm not exactly sure how to describe the elliptical or indeed what muscles I'm really working. It's sort of like running without the full effort of running. It's it's not quite a skiing movement. Um, it's more like you're training for a 400-meter nursing home corridor shuffle in a knackered pair of slippers or something. <laughs> well, when I retire, I'm going to be the first to the bingo room to get the good Danish. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, when I was doing this and listening to all the podcasts about Syria for the Syria show, it was uh, I was naturally in a very somber groove. Um, and I teared up a few times on the machine and got a few funny looks from uh, some fellow gym rats. You know, they were wondering if I was in the midst of a full breakdown. Um, well, you know, listening to the history of stand-up has been the exact opposite. In fact, there's been a few times I've been laughing so loud that I've surprised people and then had them shoot me repeated looks and then becoming kind of happy themselves because laughter is contagious, as any stand-up will confirm. And one of the best things about this podcast is that they are mining a very fertile comedy goldmine. They have got access to some of the best lines and routines from comedy history and they are threading them quite wonderfully throughout the show. So it's great. You're reminded of uh, the old bits that you love from Bob Newhart and Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle and everyone between and beyond. And they've clearly put a lot of thought into the clips to really make each episode fit with the historic documentary goal of the episode and the wider series. So the hosts are Wayne Federman. I just checked his bio and he sounds like one of the hardest working men in comedy. Um, like over 30 years as a road comedian and he's got hundreds of film and TV appearances and cameos and now he's actually teaching a course in comedy at USC. So he provides a sort of uh, professional backbone to the show while his co-host Andrew Stephen is the younger comedy neophyte. They are kind of like the radio lab team in this respect only like a thousand times less annoying. Well only me. Come on. I mean, yeah, I like Radiolab, but uh, that explainer shtick they've got going on between them is really wearing a bit thin. You know, Jad has to explain what an app is to old Grandad Robert, while old Grandad Robert has to take the lead sometimes with Jad and explain to him what a book is or something. <laughs> 
but back to the history of stand-up. It's a great show, very bingeable. Um, take it on your commute or on your next road trip. You'll be learning stuff and laughing and finding new comedy heroes to track down. Um, for me, it was Mort Sal. The episode on the Playboy Clubs with Dick Gregory breaking down the racial barrier and busting out of the Chitlin circuit is moving as well as being funny. They end season two talking about making a third season, and I'm looking forward to that. So the history of stand-up gets five stars, two thumbs up, a laughing policeman from Blackpool Pier, <laughs> and the flag hippo from Tim Vimes' comedy tour, circa 2008. Flag hippo, flag hippo, which one's Canada? Flag hippo, which one's America? call let's see if he answers hey man uh, how you doing oh what well i still have a bunch of cocks tattooed on my shoulder if that's what you mean <laughs> dude honestly you really can't tell it still looks primarily like the death star yeah okay I, it's a Death Star constructed out of a thousand black cocks. Look, if you just called to kick me wait, around... Wait, wait, I'm I sorry, I'm sorry. I just can't believe I didn't see it. And do you know how many people I've shown it to? A Tatooine original. Oh, I got hundreds of likes on the Instagram. Instant hubris. What? Well, you shouldn't be so cocky. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I promise that was absolutely the last one. And Penny, laughing at me at the pool party. Oh, I think that's the worst. I was thinking of asking her out. Well, yeah, dude. That would have been a good idea maybe two years ago when you first took her number. What's that supposed to mean? I've been busy. Two years, man. You've, you know, you've got to follow through sometimes. Carpe diem and all that. No, no, no. Don't give me carpe diem. I fucking carpe the fuck out of my diem. You don't even understand what it means. Seize the day. Fuck off. That's the accepted translation. That's bullshit. A mistranslation. Your whole understanding of the world is a mistranslation. Seize the day? What a nasty will-to-power piece of shit. Who are you, Ayn Rand? Ah, my cover is blown at last. Yes, I am Ayn Rand. Oh, look, Horace wasn't even that kind of cat. No, sir. The poet who wrote the odes... He wrote an ode to Ayn Rand? Oh, the correct translation is pluck the day, as in savor the moment, not seize the day at all. Well, that's very different. No shit. You're implying uh, a more of a passive actor engaging in some kind of mindfulness experience. That sounds a bit fishy, man. Have you read Horace? Well, 
You know, I may have skipped a few of the early Roman poets, but uh, in my defense, Zeus made me do it. Philistine. Okay, but we don't live in Horace's time anyway. I haven't sacrificed an ox to Bacchus. I don't interpret the morning doves outside my house as a reason to storm the White House. If you read the work, you would see. It seems you have me at an advantage, sir. Prithee hold thy thrashing tongue while I question mine pocket oracle. Yes, go Google. Try and educate yourself. I will, sir. Oh, stop being an ignoramus. I am, sir. You'll see. Pluck the day. Okay. Here we go. Quintus Horatius Flaccus, 65 BCE, Epicurean. Well, that's probably it then, isn't it? Reconciles morality with hedonism, blah de blah de blah something, something. Ah, by Jove, you could well be onto something here. I told you. Carpe diem from the Odes. Here's the text. Uh... Don't waste time on futile Babylonian calculations. Be wise and mix the wine. The envious moment is trying. Seize the day. Ha! Pluck, motherfucker. Pluck the day. Okay, 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 yes. There is a bit more about the Latin directly, how the translation... Yeah, okay, okay, okay. You, you win. Some people are saying carpe is more accurately translated to plug. Thank you. But, I mean, come on, it's Epicurean philosophy, so, you know, I, I don't know, I think it's really more of a tie. If anything, it's the day part that's misleading. It should be seize the food, enjoy all the cakes and sweetmeats now before the fates descend as a swarm of flies and spoil the picnic. Exactly. Enjoy the moment. Spoil yourself with what you have rather than charging around like some Cervantes dickhead on a quest. You have a problem with me being on a quest? Dude, nobody is buying that. You're never going to review every podcast in existence. I will do it or die trying. And then my children will continue the work and then their children. And then their children. And then their children. Until their children's children's children complete the quest. Wow, that sounds like an actual curse, dude. And nobody likes a critic. Yeah, I'm starting to get a bit of that. That's why I try to be so nice. Nice? <laughs> That's fucking funny. I am nice. Anyway, there was one thing I've been meaning to ask you. What's that? Do you think they're meant to be Darth Vader's cocks? I mean, it makes more sense in the Star Wars universe. If you're going to invent a world with magic swords and go for life coaches, why stop there? The black and charred genitals of Sith Lords may as well be the strongest building material available to the Empire. I sung up. It's rude. This is Andy's phone. Leave a message. Andy, it's Emmy. Did you see my email? It's about your shower gel. It's been recalled. You need to read it. I know you think I'm a worrywart, but I really need you to think about the children. Please let me know you got this. I'm sure it's nothing, but I'll check it out. Of course I will, Emmy, I promise. The kids aren't using my shower gel, though, so really, don't worry. They can't even reach it. I put it put it up high on the wall. And you know, they get the organic orange vanilla stuff from Costco. Totally tear-free. 
ingredients that haven't been stepped on by some chemical corporation. Of course, they can smell my my stuff. Um, everyone can smell my stuff. I think the neighbours can smell the lemon assimilation. It is very strong. Uh, you just, you know, I kind of got used to it. You just have to be really careful when you squirt some out. It's uh, super concentrated. You need just a little drop, about the size of a quarter. Otherwise, you know, the whole house smells like a lemon factory. Not a lemon grove. It's definitely, you know, burst through into that next uncomfortable level of industrialization. Thing is, you know, I've got used to it now. Once you work out how much to use, I think it's been okay. In fact... On the plus side, I've stopped having to use deodorant. You know, it's that strong. It lasts all day. And it's also really put an end to uh, the other bathroom smells, if you know what I mean. You know, most air fresheners you have. You take a big stinky dump and you try to cover up the smell. And you use something like Pine Fresh Forest Air Freshener. But it never really works, does it? it? At best, it's like someone has been taking a big dump in a pine forest. <laughs> So that's a wrap, people. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. If you're enjoying what I'm doing and want to chip in, please visit the website, click on the link and buy me a coffee. It's easy. A couple of books via PayPal. www.andyspodcasterpodcastingpodcast.com Podcasting Podcast is still sponsored by the American Shoe Council. Oh, over 30,000 years of bipedal history. Shoes. How else are you going to protect your feet? The jazz is provided by Mario Ron's Intersol. I don't know who's supplying your jazz at the moment, but you should think about switching to these cats. Special congratulations to Mario this week. He's just started a new job teaching jazz trumpet at the uh, Anton Bruckner University in Linz. Good work, chap! I haven't decided what I'm reviewing next week. I'll uh, post it on the Facebook group when I do in a couple of days. Come find us there if you haven't already. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye!